0: Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join with us over in Appleton and Stevens Point, as well as those who watch all over the world online—literally all over the world. We had people online from Africa, and Mexico, and India, and just uh, New Zealand. I mean, it's amazing how many people watch all this stuff all over the world. Uh, Let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God. and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. Today is a mission Sunday, so at the end of the service at all our campuses, we'll be taking another offering, a special money above and beyond what we normally give to uh, help people uh, all over the world. Uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and with uh, acts of kindness. Uh, our missions report today, uh, there we go, so far this year, $152,331. <clears throat> $50,000 over last year. So that's continuing to grow, and we want to see it continue to grow. What have we done with this money? Well, this year, we've sent teams to Myanmar, Honduras, India, Italy, the Philippines, Helped uh, Jimmy Brasher with his uh, security uh, prison outreaches, Sturgis Outreach. Uh, We engaged in projects. uh, 200 orphans were supported. Uh, In Myanmar, we funded uh, school fees for children in the Adaman Islands. We launched a medical clinic this year, providing medical supplies and needs to people, including 750 pounds of medications uh, to, to people. Um... We supported a couple of pastors and their families in India this year, and they planted 11 churches. So it just grows exponentially. (laughs) We had Christmas outreaches around the uh, world. We presented the gospel to over 8,000 people in Myanmar. Uh, We were involved in a Feed My Starving Children program. We funded 10,000 meals. And we sent teams to prepare food packs for international distribution. Uh, We had local celebration packs that provided school supplies for over 200 children locally and uh, put together uh, 175 Thanksgiving meals for families in need. So praise the Lord. Been busy people. And thank you for what you do and help us to reach out to others. Uh, We are wrapping up our series this morning on the Apostles' Creed, the statement that we just all said. And we say every Sunday at Celebration Church, this is the foundation of Christianity. This is what we believe. And we've always stressed at Celebration Church. I've stressed this, I've never seen another church even try to stress it as hard as we stress it. That there's a difference between what we think and what we believe. People have all kinds of thoughts about a wild variety of things, including me. I might think some of the goofiest things on earth, but I will always tell you, it's just what I think, okay? What we believe, That's a whole other deal. And that we cherish and really push. Uh, So we are now at the end of the creed. We're at the final two statements where we say we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. In other words, we are intentionally concerned about eternity. It is what drives us. It is what motivates us. It's why we even go to church in the first place, because of our thoughts and intentions towards eternity. And by the way, let me encourage you, come to church and come to church on Wednesday nights for the Bible studies. We've had a great increase in people coming, but we've got a long way to go. Now, I know most of you are very, very, very busy watching Gilligan Island reruns and whatnot <laughs> on Wednesday nights. And some of you had a traumatic day because a fly landed on your ear that you weren't expecting. I know there's all kinds of stuff <laughs> that's so hard for you to get here. But listen to me, escuche me, I'm being as serious as I can. I've said this over and over again and will continue to say it over and over again. You want your life to be dramatically better one year from today. You go to church every Sunday and you come to that Bible study on Wednesday nights. And I guarantee you, your life will be better. How do I know this? Because the people in our congregation who have the most successful lives and most blessed lives are the people I see every Sunday and every Wednesday night. And the converse is true. You guys bear it out, the people right now in our conversations at all our campuses who are struggling the most, having the hardest time, difficult relational problems, this problem, that problem, and your life is really having a hard time, take it to the bank. These are the people who do not come to church every Sunday or especially come on Wednesday nights. Do the math, people. It's very, very clear to see. You want your life to be better? Put God first. Psalm 1 says those who meditate upon the word of the Lord are like trees that are planted by the rivers of water whose leaves never stop being green and it says whatever they do prospers. Do you want whatever you do to prosper? Whatever we are. We'll come to church and come on Wednesday night. Get the word of God in you. It helps you to prosper and to succeed. You don't have to prosper and succeed. I'm not forcing you to be happy. Some people love to be miserable and we'll pray for you. And we'll hold hands and we'll cry together and stuff. But I don't know, maybe if you get tired of your life sucking, you'll think, I'm going to change. People who have good lives have them on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. This country so lacks in an intentionality today, it's just horrifying to me. People don't do life on purpose. They're waiting for things to happen. Just waiting for things to happen. If your retirement plan includes the lottery, you are waiting for things to happen. Stop. Do life on purpose. What drives us? Because we are focused on eternity. Why do we pray? Because we're focused on eternity. Why do we volunteer? Why do we give of our time? Why do we give of our money? Only crazy people give money away, right? We do this on purpose. Why? Because we're laying up treasures in heaven. We do this because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and of life eternal. It's what drives us and motivates us. And you can always tell the people who are truly driven by eternity... Because you'll see it reflected in their checkbooks. It is. It is what it is. Don't get mad at me. I am I don't hate you. God doesn't hate you. The person next to you doesn't hate you. Your, chil- your children hate you. But that's a whole different <laughs> ballgame. You, it's a direct correlation. Jesus taught it was a direct correlation. Oh, I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> believe what you want. I'm just telling you. You want to know if you're really focused on eternity? Look at your checkbook. How much do you give? I I need all that money. I know because you're focused on right now. If you're focused on right now, you don't give money. If you are in fact truly walking as we say, we believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting, you give money. By the way, next Sunday, Sunday before Thanksgiving, we're having a special Thanksgiving offering. It doesn't mean we're going to do a special offering. It just means that next Sunday, come with an attitude of thankfulness, And give above and beyond. The Bible, amazing how many times in the Old Testament it talks about a special offering called a Thanksgiving offering. It's when you just give to say, thank you. Well, so how much should I give? I don't know. Have you been blessed this year? If your life has been awful this year, then I guess we count you out. (laughs) If you've had a good year, has God blessed you this last year? Have you prospered? Have you gotten ahead at all? Come with an extra intention and saying, God... Thank you. Reflect. Where are you at this year? Talk to your spouse. Say, what can we do next week? To just say, thank you, God. That's all it is. It's a Thanksgiving offering. It's a time of Thanksgiving in America. Reflect it. Not just say it. Do something about it. And we're doing a Thanksgiving offering next week to honor God. Why do we do this? Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe in eternal life. That's what motivates us. It's what drives us. It's what allows us to walk free To walk in the joy of God. Joy unspeakable, the Bible says, and full of glory. Why? Because our hope is not contained in this world. If your life is focused on just what happens today in this world, your life is going to stink. I'm stunned at how many people get depressed just because the Packers lose. (laughs) Look, I love the Packers. I'm a big Packer backer. And I don't like it when they lose. But I'm not depressed. Are you depressed? Stop. Find yourself depressed over a football game. You need to give yourself a swirly. (laughs) Stick your head in the toilet, flush it, let it swirl around your head. Snap you out of your delusion. Stop living about what's right here, what's right here. There's people. I'm telling you, there's people all over the city. I guarantee you. When they don't win, they are depressed all week long. They are depressed all week long. You can listen to them on the radio. Just call in. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? do? Really? Check your medication. For heaven's sakes. Why does that bother you? Because I don't live for that. If your whole existence in life is the green and gold, your life is going to suck. Stop. Quit getting obsessed by every little thing right in front of you. What happens today? What happens today? Oh, the world's coming to an end. Really? And good grief, this whole election thing that we just went through. What's with all these snowflakes all over the country coming unglued? Because someone won, they didn't want them to win. Ah, really? You big baby. Quit freaking out. I preached about this a couple of weeks ago when Trump was down by 12 points. Everybody thought he was going to lose. I thought he was going to lose. I didn't care. I was probably, you know, you could tell. I was hinting, right? But I didn't care. I said, look, God knows what's going on. I'm not going to wake up the next day, oh, what am I going to do? Somebody won I didn't think was going to win. <laughs> Man, your joy, your life has been sucked out of your soul because something happened for a politician you didn't want? Seriously? And they're going nuts and crazy because these little snowflakes, they live in this little protected world and on these college campuses that, you know, they've got safe spaces. Safe spaces where nobody can say anything to hurt my feelings. Ah. (laughs) And what happens? You're seeing what happens. As soon as something doesn't go their way, they have a complete meltdown. They're full of hate. They're full of hate. Why? Because we're against hate. (laughs) These people are crazy. Well, we don't like it. Well, here's a clue wait a couple of years, come up with a different election. It happens every two years. It's a drag, but it does. But when you live just for today, you can't think two years. Oh, I can't survive two years. Ah! Really? Stop. Goodness gracious. And just a word of advice. You don't have to listen. I me. Mean, nobody listens to me even. If you are of the... And listen, at this church, we don't care. We do not care. I have always said this over and over and over again. I don't care if you vote left, right, in between. I don't care if you are a card-carrying member of the Communist Party. You are welcome in this church. We don't care about that stuff. doesn't matter how you vote. doesn't matter what you do along those things. You might have tattoos, you may not have any tattoos. I don't care. You might have money, you might have no money. I don't care. Everybody is welcome here. You might have lots of hair, you may not have much left. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, but you said something. I know it's just what I think. What do you care? Nobody was endorsing or forcing anybody. I never took the Bible. So, you know, the Bible says you need a vote a certain I didn't say that. I said, look, one's a pig, one's a criminal. Do what you want, all right? <laughs> hardly a glowing endorsement. (laughs) Just relax. And here's, here's a word of advice. You people who are on the left, you're all upset. I know there's a lot of people like that in our church, our campuses. It's fine. We're glad you're here. You're part of our family. But you people on the left, here's a word of advice. Why don't you try and persuade people to think the way you do? Why don't you make your arguments? Be nice. Compel. Don't just insult people. All they do is insult people. How's that working for you? Think of Barack Obama. He won two elections. Why? Because he made a compelling argument. He tried to give a good vision, inspire people. That's why millions of people voted twice. But all of a sudden, something happened. Now all they do is insult. If you don't agree with them, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. Pastor Mark, you hate Latinos. I am a Latino, you idiot. <laughs> What's the matter with people <laughs> oh the whole world is just, oh, I'm telling because they live for today they live for right now they can't these young punks can't think two years from now they can't it's the end of the world to them and these people who are against intolerance keep posting let's shoot the guy <laughs> what the heck is that stop You insulting people doesn't persuade Have you seen the election results? That's what you get when you just insult people. How about you don't insult? Make an intelligent argument. That's all you got to do. And you can do that with your friends here. Nobody hates anybody. Goodness gracious, living for this, but it's just not that. Everybody's living for everything. Just right now, right now, right now, right now. When you live for everything right now, life will beat the snot out of you. So it's easy for you to say, Pastor, your life is good. Really? We have our troubles, we have our trials, we have our tribulations. But we didn't fall into the bowels of depression and cry and say, where's God God hates? No, we don't. Why? Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and life everlasting. If your life only consists of what you see and feel and touch right now, your life is going to stink. Stop. Focus on eternity. Let that drive you. Let that motivate you. If you're not volunteering, if you're not giving money, it means you are not focused on eternity. You're just focused on you and yours and me and mine. Money, 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 money. I mean, a lot of Christians, they sound like those seagulls in Finding Nemo. Have you seen this movie? Find anywhere. They go, mine, 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 my, mine, 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 mine. These are the most miserable people on earth. Stop. How about you? Not everything is mine, my mine, mine, mine. How about you learn to be happy when it's not about you? Because here's a shock, all you snowflakes. Life isn't about you. Get over it. Goodness gracious. That's why we have our T1 program. It's a gap year program. Put God first. In your life, you young people, don't make your parents force you to do this. And your f- parents, you ought to force them to do it. But you ought to do it on your own. <laughs> slow down for a stinking year, one year of your life. Put God first in your life for one year before you go running off to college. Oh, but I got to have everything ready. No, you don't. Slow down. And You know what's interesting? All the studies are coming in now because these are popular programs and there's all versions of them. Even President Obama's daughter is doing one, a gap year program. They're showing that the kids who slow down for one year, do a gap year program or whatever kind that they do, are performing and are much more successful in college than the ones who don't. How about you do it for the kingdom of God's sake? You know what's sad? Some of you are more motivated just because I showed you the statistic than you are just because it's God. Put God first. Let that drive you. Let that motivate you. You're in freshman, sophomore, junior. And at this point, you should be thinking, hey, my plan, I'm doing T1 next year. That's what I'm. whenever I get to, out of high school. Seniors, T. What that's what I'm gonna do, that's what we do, that's what we do here. Why, because we put God first. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and of the life everlasting. It's what drives us, it's what motivates us. Jesus said, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? What's the point? What's the point? Everybody's so obsessed by all this stuff and driven and driven and driven and just. I got news for you. It doesn't make you happy. You need to be happy without all that stuff. What can someone give in exchange for their soul? Why is Jesus saying this? Because this is what people do. They're just obsessed for all these things. All these things. He says, what are you doing? If you get everything, what good is it? Paul said, man, if for only in this life we have hope in Christ, our life really bites. That's my translation. We are of all people most to be pitied. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? He said, if there's no resurrection, if there's no life beyond this life, if the dead are not raised, then let us eat and drink and partake. for tomorrow we may die. And people who don't have hope of eternity, you know what they do? They eat, they drink, and they partake. Why do they do all these snowflakes? They're just waiting for spring breaks because they go get drunk out of their minds or around half naked on beaches. Why? Because that's their life. There's no eternity for these people. They just live for this. Don't live like that. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do you do that? By giving. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know where your heart is? Look at your checkbook. That's where your heart is. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. He's telling them, just, would you stop? Would you, listen, you don't listen to me, listen to Jesus. Jesus said, stop worrying about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink what you're going to wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? To a lot of people, no, it's not. Look at the birds of the air, he said. They don't sow or reap. They don't do jack squat. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? Besides, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer is no. What is the point why are you stressed out about stuff it changes nothing there are people who are convinced if they don't worry they're slackers (laughs) we got to worry we got to worry we got to get to worry why because something might bad happen so if it happens it happens what to worry what is that going to accomplish people think we're crazy we've run into more than one doctor thought we were crazy (laughs) Telling us, this is awful, you're going to die. We just kept smiling. <laughs> you guys aren't taking this seriously enough, they said. You're not taking this seriously enough. No, we get it, dead. <laughs> it's like, you need to worry. You need to stress. You need, why? What's the point? And maybe that's why she hasn't died. They've been telling her this for 20 years now. Because we don't do what they tell us to do. Just... I shouldn't do that to some of you. They'll think I'm a turkey. They'll shoot me. <laughs> Why do you worry about clothes? He says, Why? see the flowers of the field? They don't spin or labor. I tell you, they're not even Solomon, the richest man who ever lived in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the field of the grass, which is here today, tomorrow's thrown into fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. Say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? <laughs> For the pagans run after all these things. That's what pagans do. <laughs> You're so obsessed by this. <laughs> my precious, my precious. i am got to pay money. i got to work all this. Your Heavenly Father knows you need these things, and I get it. You have to deal with this stuff. We're not idiots. We know you got to deal with this stuff. And actually, you spend most of your time dealing with it. But there's a difference between spending most of your time and worrying. See, we always talk about these priorities. Our priorities should be God, family, and work, right? Okay. But you know what you spend most of your time doing? Work. You know what? the least amount of time you do? Pray. But the priorities aren't measured in time. I know you got to do this. If people actually teach you, you know, if you have your priorities right, you spend more time. To, really, you're crazy. Because then you're gonna have, if you're gonna have eight hours working, then you gotta spend nine hours with your family. And before you gotta go to bed, you gotta spend ten hours praying. But you run out of hours by that point. It's not measured in time. I get it, we gotta deal with it. Everybody's gotta deal with it. We all have to deal with this stuff. We gotta deal with this stuff, it's life. Don't let life suck the life out of you. He says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, all the things you worry about will be given to you. If you'll stop worrying and put God first. So then Jesus tells them this parable. He tells them the parable of the sower. I don't know if you've ever heard the parable of the sower. Jesus would tell these people parables, which were stories. Most of the time, they had no idea what he's talking about. This is one of those cases. So Jesus tells a story. He says, there was a farmer who went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came in. And they ate it. Some fell on rocky places. It didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. As soon as the sun comes up, the plant was scorched and it withered because it had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and then choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good ground, where it produced a crop, 160, 30 times what was sown. And his disciples came to him and said, what are you talking about? They didn't know what he was talking about half the time. What are you talking about? And Jesus was pretty intense. He was. Everybody thinks he was this hippie going around saying peace and love to everybody. He He was a little intense. The Bible says the disciples were afraid to ask him any questions. what would it be for you to be so intense people would be afraid to ask you questions? That was Jesus. Everybody thinks, oh, no, he was compassionate, but he wasn't a snowflake. (laughs) One day he comes along and the Bible says he was hungry. He comes to a fig tree, there's no figs on the tree. I would think, just go to another tree. But no, he curses the tree. All of a sudden, the tree just rots up and just, and the disciples go, Oh man, I ain't asking him nothing today. <laughs> you ask, I ain't asking him nothing. Did you see the tree? <laughs> and they come to him and say, what, 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 what are you talking about? To sow and seize. Supposed to be preaching. What, what did, I get that all the time. <laughs> supposed to be preaching. Why are you making jokes? It's what I do. <laughs> it's the way I preach. People are real critical about everything. Oh, you should be uh, very fast, like a very fresh, and a fresh. They come to Jesus. Why are you supposed to be preaching? Why are you talking about seeds? He said, listen, guys, come here. You're a little slow. <laughs> he says, listen to what the parable means. Anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's sown in their heart. That's the seed along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word. Oh, this message about Jesus is so good. This is great. I love all you guys. It's so nice. sing just nice songs. But at once, at once it receives it with joy. But since it has no root, it only lasts a short time. As soon as trouble comes, persecution comes, man, they quickly fall away. A lot of people like that. We see it for two, three weeks in a row and they just love it here. And soon as something bad happens, they just, they fall, fall away. He said the seed falling among the thorns. So now we're down to the last two. Now you've got to assume, unless you're new here and you happen to be one of the very short-lived thorns or, or seeds, you have to assume the bulk of you listening to me fall in the last two categories because the other two, they're not here anymore. Right? They don't last. So everybody listening to me right now, at Stevens Point and Appleton and here and all you guys on the internet and television and northeastern and north-central Wisconsin, all you're, you know, you're, you're in the next category. What is that category? He said, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life. What are we talking about? All the worries. The worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. You know why it's deceitful? Because it teases you. You always think you can get ahead. and you somehow, Even when people increase their income, they still don't get ahead. Why? It's deceitful. And all these worries and obsessions choke the word and it chokes the life out of you and it sucks the life out of you. We're talking Christian people. Now the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. The one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Hopefully that's where you're at. You're in one of the two categories today. You're either the ones that you don't, you just grow and you don't let all the stuff bother you or it's growing and you're letting it bother you. Just the thorns of this life and the weeds and it just wraps around you and the bills and, and this and I got this happening and the doctor told me that and just uh. Pastor pray for me. <laughs> now I get it the thorns are always trying to grab us they're always trying to grab us. Going along, it's just crazy. But you need to just keep a bottle of, you know, gospel roundup. <laughs> I can't pay that bill. I can't pay that. kill that thing. My mother-in-law's mad at me. She's like, kill that thing. Well, the doctor says you're sick. I do kill that thing. Don't let these things reach up and grab you and suck the life out of you. Look, I'm trying to be your friend here. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, lighten up. Lighten up. I preached that whole sermon about lighting up before this election. Apparently nobody heard that part of the sermon. Lighten up. Spray that weed killer. Don't let that stuff grab you. It'll suck the life out of you. Pastor, what do I do? We're trying to teach you how to have faith. Trust God. Put God first. He'll take care of all those things. We'll show you how to deal with the weeds. We're a weed-killing ministry here. Would you change the name of the church from Celebration to Weed Killers? Welcome to Weed Killers this morning. Hallelujah! So we do. We're trying to kill all the weeds in your lives in Jesus' name. But you're got to, to be intentional. Stop. Paul writes, since you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Pastor, why don't these things bother you? Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and of life everlasting. It's what drives us, it's what motivates it's what sets us free, helps us to spray all the weeds. Or get a weed whacker. I don't care, whatever you do, Why should you set your mind on things above? Because Paul writes, he says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. He's writing to Christians. You can be a devout Christian, loving God with all your heart. Let the cares of this life suck the life out of you. You'll be always thinking about this life, this life, this life, this life, this life, life, and it'll be death to you. Or you can have the mind, he said, governed by the spirit, which is life and peace. Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and of life everlasting. When Jesus Christ came out of that tomb 2,000 years ago, it proved forever that we are headed for a new life. We believe. Hallelujah. Everybody say, we believe. We believe. See, we, believe. we believe all these things. And we tap it off. With, we believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life eternal? That's why our focus is not right here. We don't let the little things of life every right here just kill us. No, no, no. We push past it. We always look past it because we're just passing through. It's all temporary. Whatever you got your heart set on someday, it's going to burn. It is. We used to say that to each other all the time. Remember? Yeah. Somebody saying, man, look at that cool car. And somebody say, it's all going to burn. <laughs> right? Why do I have a nice house? It's all going to burn, Joe. <laughs> Why? Because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and life eternal. We don't focus here. I to get it. You got to deal with. It. I get it. You got to deal. I'm all. I, we'll show you. We'll teach you how to deal with here. But our main focus, at the end of the day, is heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. Lord, there's people who just really struggle with this. They don't seem, for whatever reason, to get past it. Everything to them is what's right in front of them. Whether it's an unexpected bill, an unexpected election, an unexpected doctor's appointment, an unexpected cavity, an unexpected one, it just is always sucking the life out of them. God, help them open their eyes. Help us to realize that this life is not to be our main focus. Lift up our heads. Don't let our heads droop along the ground staring at the floor. Help us to stand with our heads up, our face towards heaven, living in a positive attitude because we believe in the resurrection of the dead and of the life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a nice day today.